Money Show. Small business. A small business feature brought to you by Nedbank. Make taking your business to the next level happen with small business focus. Make things happen. Nedbank. Pablo Fatidis from Auric Business Incubator. Ah. Uh, Grumpy South Africans. I mean, Warren Ingram, very grumpy. Wanted to make a fight with Magda Vizitska. Um, uh, just saying, look, you're muddying the waters. And you know what? Uh, just um, uh, He encapsulates so much of what's going on. I had a moment like that this morning. I generally manage to avoid traffic. Um, if I get into Santon early enough in the mornings, I, I, I dodge the traffic. I was a little bit later than usual today. And got into, you know, lane changing wars with taxis. And suddenly I realized why so many people are grumpy because they have to deal with stuff on a daily basis. The average South African has a lot of stress. And then you amplify that with tough economic times. You amplify that with bad behavior in parliament and unconstructive behavior. And uh, then you marry that with labor regulation and labor ructions. And you marry that with people's personal safety and security being at risk. And then you add some load shedding. Jeez, like, no wonder people are cross. And that's the first key. <laughs> that's the first key because, Bruce, exactly what you've described is the thing that probably separates us most from, let's say, our parents. And if you look at it, news comes at us on a consistent basis, relentlessly. It's across radio, TV, print, mobile phones, email at work, Facebook, this book, that book. Wherever you're looking, there's always news. And the news is mostly, perceivably bad news. And what used to happen in the old days, let's say, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, in many ways, your news consumption habits were very static. You would wait for the morning paper. I remember my dad waiting for the morning paper so he could read the paper with breakfast. Where we lived, the morning paper came three days late. There we go. on the train. And you had to go and fetch it. <laughs> there, the we yeah. there we go. And then not so long ago, uh, well, I don't know when TV came into South Africa. 1976. There we go. So, so there was news, and that news was very regulated in any event. So the amount of news, the amount of bad news you got would come at you, it would hit you, and then you would have time to recover from it. And it's really interesting because Warren Ingram was showing me a, a film of himself getting beaten up in a boxing ring. But, by, but it was by quite a short person. He no, look. I mean, Warren chose this route, and he's been. You know, he's getting quite buff, and he's. He actually, let's not talk about Warren because he may very well um, come back and beat us up. But um, he's been doing it for exercise. Uh, well, the, yeah, okay. that's what he claims. Yes. So here's the reality. But there are lots of people who do that to relieve frustration. the frustration. Yeah. So here's the thing, Bruce. The way the way to cope with stress, the way to cope with fear, the way to cope with apprehension which is what news does when it first arrives, is to take a breath, receive the news, you will at first deny, you will then be angry, you will then accept, and you will then adapt around it. And our parents had the ability to do that before the next wave of news came to them. With us, we don't have that ability. We get it on a consistent basis, and we have no time to actually absorb and digest it and work with it in such a way that we can develop a view and a position that we can work with. Okay, so our reality is we're bombarded with information, much of it negative on a regular basis. Sometimes we choose to opt in, um, we take the news on board, we try and distill as much of it, but it, it creates a psyche, a particular psyche. That's a, a psyche at the moment in South Africa is a particularly gloomy and grumpy psyche for a multitude of really good reasons. But uh, you, one has to cope.
Uh, one has to cope. And so what happens in a, when you're in a, let's say, let's go back to the boxing example. The right way to box when you're under threat, in other words, when you're feeling attacked, is to breathe really deeply. Because if you breathe really deeply, you don't allow the adrenaline and the cortisol to get triggered into your body. Which means that if you receive a blow, you can absorb it as opposed to be rigid and static and take it into your bones where it, it, it shocks the entire system. The big trick over here is to realize that we're getting extensive news. We're getting a lot of news. It's going to come at you on a consistent basis to realize that over time you'll be able to find a path around it. But if you don't, if you don't realize, Bruce, that that's why you're agitated. Then you're going to simply respond to the news, and you're going to respond in a knee-jerk reaction. Um, so, I mean, if, we, if we're going to look like uh, I don't know, Alcoholics Anonymous and all these 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 guys have got step programs, um, where you 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 take one day at a time, and you 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 take a step program. Can we do some kind of step program here? Uh, maybe the first one is, as you say, if you, somebody's about to punch you in the guts, breathe. Yeah, very much so. Breathe deeply because what breathing does is it calms your mind. Calm physiologically, right. it calms your mind. And if you have a calm mind, there's nothing that you can't cope with in terms of finding a path that you're going to follow based on the news you've received. It's having that uncertainty of what the future holds that makes people extremely agitated. So the first thing that we've got to do as South Africans is be calm with the news that we get. And I'm not saying don't pay attention to it, but as a business person, as an entrepreneur, being tapped into the socio-political environment in this country is crucial to spot trend, to spot the gaps, to spot opportunities, and to safeguard your business. Um, okay, but you've also got to be able to see through noise and, and define the difference between what is real and what is just noise and what is uh, bluster and what is just something that you know we would have forgotten about it by this time next week and what is actually fundamentally going to change the environment in which you operate. So you've got to look through the noise, perhaps, I don't know, have a vision uh, for what your business looks like regardless of the environment a year, five, ten years from now. Exactly right. So vision and thinking big in a vision is important. But you know, it does a remarkable thing. If you have a vision for your business and that vision extends into an idea that's far bigger than you could ever possibly achieve, what it does is it stretches your mind, it stretches your capabilities beyond your own personal psychology. If you don't have a big vision, you find you will find yourself being limited to your own domain of control in many ways. If you don't have a big vision, you're never going to be stretched beyond your capability. You're never going to be stretched beyond your appetite for something bigger. And when you are stretched, Bruce, it brings out the best in every single human being. It makes you more creative. It makes you more energetic. It makes you more passionate. All the elements that give meaning to work come from serving something bigger, way bigger than you. But if you have a vision that is unrealistic, then you don't have targets because that's unattainable. So aren't you then left perpetually disappointed? No, because remember, a vision doesn't set targets. A vision sets an idea of what you want to achieve. A plan is where the targets come into play. I was chatting to Adrian Gore the other day at Discovery, and I said to him, you started this business 21 years ago as a one-man band. You went across town from Liberty to First Rand uh, to the guys that were then R&B and said, I've got this idea about this health insurance thing, and they went, great, come. 
Uh, it took him four months to make his first hire and a year or two before they actually sold any kind of product. But I said to him, so did you anticipate that it would be as big as this doing deals in China, doing deals in the UK, doing deals in the United States with the view of doing so much more around the world? He goes, not specifically, but we knew it'd be big. You know, there was no sort of, there was no constraint Absolutely. on what it could become. Mm. And in many ways, if you think about it, the irony of what Adrian put forward must have, it, people must have turned around, certainly at Liberty, they probably turned around and said, you know, that's ridiculous. It's based on pure idealism. This vision you've got is idealistic. There's nothing practical about it. I think that a big vision needs to be idealistic. And idealism plays an important role. Look at the history in our country. If you look at people like Gandhi, if you look at people like Steve Beaker, if you look at people like Nelson Mandela, they were all idealists, Bruce, before they were anything else. Mm. They believed that they could make the world a better place. If your vision is something that serves and it serves on a great level, it's something that will energize you and keep you focused into perpetuity, irrespective of the news that comes at you. Pablo Fatidi is Director and Chief Executive at Auric Business Incubator. We've been fighting a lot in recent weeks of Pablo and I. We've been disagreeing. We haven't had many um, sort of calm conversations because it's been about the kidpreneurs and the selection process, and we've been fighting a lot. <laughs> uh, so in that tradition, um, I'm going to pick a fight with Pablo in just a couple of minutes' time because I just look at it and I go, fine, you're so you calm and now you've got a vision. Um, that doesn't help anybody, does it? Not by itself anyway. Regardless of what's happening in your environment and regardless of what's happening in the country, you've still got to grow your business. You've still got to perform. You've still got to develop. You've still got people who are dependent upon you. And just talking to Julian Roberts, the chief executive of Old Mutual this evening, I mean, 60,000 people within the Old Mutual network worldwide. That's a huge responsibility. Your small business may be two people. There's no less pressured because they, those people may be, very well be and their dependence dependent on your ability to run your business in a way that isn't distracted, that you don't get demoralized, you don't just shut up shop and move to Australia and beg on the street or whatever it is uh, that happens there. So uh, Pablo's urging calm and he's urging vision, and that's all well and good. But if you're not going to do anything with your calmness and your vision, Pablo Fatidis, you're kind of doomed. You're absolutely doomed because you know where the truth lies. The truth lies in action. When you do things, when you actually do things, you learn, Bruce, what works and what doesn't work. And what works for you might not work for someone else because every single person has their own independent individual psychology and every single person has their own set of resources around them. Whether those resources be people you know, whether it be financial resources or other capabilities that you've got, no one person is the same. So one of the best things to do, and this is where idealism and pragmatism need to be combined. You need to take this big vision and take very small steps. And take the steps repeatedly and quickly. Because if you're going to fail, which is an absolute certainty in anything you do, at least you'll be able to fail very quickly and move on to the next level of learning or the next level of opportunity or the next level of growth. So action is where the truth around your vision, implementing your vision lies, nowhere else. Okay, I mean, and that's all well and good, but then you've got to have a clear goal as to where you're going with it because then you start putting your plan into place. But, uh, you know, if you don't know where it's headed. You know, I had, I had such an interesting discussion around this goal stuff and, and destination. And the way that I tried to describe it to this colleague that I was speaking to, an entrepreneur I was speaking to, as I said to him, imagine, imagine you're water. So water always gets pulled by gravity. 
It's always flowing and it's flowing down somewhere into gravity. And you're water and suddenly you are stonewalled. You hit a damn wall. You've got one of two options or one of three options or four or five options. You can carry on pouring the water until you overflow the damn wall. Or you can do, remember Coleraine Road about a year and a half ago, that road in Johannesburg that just got washed away. Yeah, the pipes were too small and yeah. the, the pressure built up and it just the road burst. It yeah. burst it. It pushed it away. So you can go under it. You can go around it. You can go through it. Or you can do what a lot of people do. They hit the damn wall and they wait. They feel stonewalled. And Bruce, when I look at water waiting, all I see is water evaporating. So if your gravity is not strong enough to pull you either through that damn wall, around it, or to attract more water and call the water your effort. Yeah, okay. You will never ever get to the other side. That gravity is your destination. And to make a destination strong like that, you need to have a single, pur- a single purpose um, and a single... Okay, now your purpose and vision is fine. Your destination is important. But how do you see the destination through the noise? Because for so many people, they get so distracted by the noise of the politics, the economy, the people running the country, the people, their competitors, whatever it might be, that they, there's a very fuzzy view of what the destination might be. How do you define a destination in the midst of uncertainty? Okay, but let's be very clear. A vision is one thing. A destination is yep. a second thing. So in my view, a destination for every single entrepreneur is only one thing. It should only be one thing. Sell the business one day. No, build an asset of value. So you can sell it one day. So possibly you can <laughs> sell it one day. Okay. Hopefully you'll be one of the successful ones that do. Yeah. And it's really no different to hopping onto a boat, let's say in Durban or Cape Town, setting sail, identifying a destination, let's say it's Hong Kong, and a mist appears, or winds appear, or a current appears. As long as that destination is crystal clear, the path you're going to choose to get there comes through many, many small steps or actions, the former point we spoke about. But to not move and yet have that destination is completely futile because if that is the case, Bruce, or if you lose sight of that destination, you will find yourself out at sea with no more food, no more fuel, no more water. Are people in that space right now? Many people are. You know, I met an entrepreneur quite recently who turned around and said, I decided to immigrate from South Africa six years ago or four years ago it was, I beg your pardon. He said, we were doing about 37 million rand a year. Today, four years on, here I am. I've sent my family overseas. I'm still here. And the business is doing 22 million rand a year. And it's because I never moved. I never acted one way or the other. And that's why action is so fundamentally important. You cannot allow yourself to be dabbling, to be undecided. That destination needs to be clear. Whether you want to stay or go, whether you want to build something that's sellable or something that's going to be a lifestyle business, the definition of asset of value that we have spoken about ad nauseum on the show is absolutely crucial because it gives you the flexibility to do either. The way people listening to us tonight, Pablo, will say, okay, Pablo Fatidi's great theory, buddy, but in the real world of my business, I don't have time to sit and think about this nonsense. I'm too busy doing stuff. Get real. If you act without a destination, it's like sailing and sailing and sailing with no navigation to get you to a final destination. And Bruce, for all of us, Time runs out, and more importantly, energy runs out. The number of entrepreneurs I work with in their late, very late 60s, 
early 70s and moving into their 80s that are sitting on a boat that nobody wants to buy is shocking. Do you know that in South Africa there's a statistic that came out about two years ago? 94.6% of businesses started never get sold. And yet, if you think about it, the final destination for every single business is one of two things. It's either a sale or it's closure. And if you commit yourself to a business for a number of years, surely at some point in time, you want to make it a sale. It must be so depressing to be stuck in that position. It's very, very frustrating to witness. There we go. Pavlo Fatidis, you want to make one last point? I do. The last point is this. Absolutely crucial. Work with what you've got, not what you need. Bruce, I'm convinced that when I meet entrepreneurs that say to me, I need this, I need that, I need bank finance, I need a premises, I need the right person here or the right person there. There is, and I can't give you any research or evidence behind this, but there's an unconscious psychological condition that says, I choose to not succeed. Work with what you've got, because with what you've got, you can make things happen. Pablo Fatidis, Director and Chief Executive at Auric Business Incubator this evening, our small business focus.